everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dark Rhino Security Confidential. I'm your host, Manoj Tandon, and today we have a very special guest joining us all the way from Lagos in Nigeria, is Confidence Stavely. Confidence is a cybersecurity awareness evangelist. She's a cybersecurity professional with a mountain of experience in the profession. She is an author, an entrepreneur, and she has a lot of superpowers and one of the ones that we're really going to be interested in today is uh, she was nominated for and she won cybersecurity woman of the year and uh, that's pretty powerful so confidence thank you and welcome to the show thanks for being here thank you so much Manoj. it's such a pleasure to be here I really appreciate you taking the time at the end of your day to uh, to do this for us. I'm sure our listeners are going to be eager to hear uh, what you have to say. You know, uh, one of the where a great place to start is you are a cybersecurity evangelist. How did you get into cyber? What was your uh, why cyber? Why not something else? Okay, so this was um, this was an accident. I see this quite a lot, but yeah, it was an accident. It was an accident of curiosity, which <laughs> honestly <laughs> was just that. Um, I was doing my MSc at the time. I had earned um, the first degree and just wanted to do an MSc straight away. And okay. um, I, I was to pick, because it was an IT management um, MSc, and I was to pick um, an elective, like you know, one of those nice courses to have. And I looked around, I was like, nothing was challenging enough for me. I didn't want to get bored. Um, so, you know, I done a lot of the sex of as, as, just to put things in perspective as well. I came from a programming background, so I was someone okay. who holds a lot. Um, so I was like, oh, every other thing seemed very familiar to me. But there was this elective um, that was cryptography. And I was like, okay, so what is cryptography about? And some of my mates were like, that's very, it's a very, very top module. You know, it's something that we have to share with the engineering department. And I was like, okay, it is tough. That means exciting. That means it's challenging. I want to be there. And they're like, mm, I usually really want to do that because, you know, <laughs> the person who takes that course is like, he, he has like 10 heads. Like, literally, he's yeah, so tough. <laughs> and like, you know, every time you guys say the word tough, that means it's for me. I really want to see what's there. I want to see why this is challenging and why it should be exciting and you know what i i signed up for this elective and i had a blast i had a blast and i knew that i wanted more from this place i knew i, I wanted more where this came from literally and that was so, how did you have a heavy math background i didn't have a math but heavy math background but i had um at the time i was coding in java and c sharp and c and open cv okay. as well um, I had built this automated um, um, intrusion detection system, but like with facial recognition, uh, where you could come in. Okay, so I had built my version of, of um, the brand that actually works. I'm not going to mention the name, but when you come into somebody's house, you ring the bell and they can see you. I had built a oh, the mini, ring. Uh, yeah. I wrote, okay, yeah, the brand. So I had built a mini version of Ring at the time. So I was in programming, like that was what I was enjoying. So um, I came in from that background to enjoy cryptography. I was like, okay, so there is more where this came from and I just wanted to explore. So you know what? You're the first cybersecurity professional I bet that says they enjoy cryptography. <laughs> really? So <laughs> I don't know. But please, 
uh, keep. Uh, that's why I asked if you had a math background because it's a very math heavy subject. It's yes, a- I, I don't know why I enjoyed it. Honestly, I don't know why I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I but there you wanted more after that, so <laughs> yeah, and I was curious. So for me, it was I found I think cryptography brought out a key um, a key part of me that I I find has been keeping me going in, info, in InfoSec, which is curiosity. Um, the curiosity that that's packed up has helped me grow my skill set in just about many, uh, many, many uh, domains in, in um, cybersecurity. And yes, um, that was how it all started. And I started building out the skills. Uh, I started, of course, working in environments where the skills were needed as well. So when you uh, landed your first job in cyber, were you starting off as an analyst or what did you do? I was starting off as an analyst. So I worked at the time for um, a small company. I, you know, before that time, I, I didn't exactly land my first role immediately after uni um, in information security. I was doing um, some, we call them side gigs in Nigeria. <laughs> I was doing some side gigs in Nigeria, but within the tech um, industry and nothing really formal. So I would sort of be like um, uh, the freelancer you call in. And at the time, I was more interested in that um, in DAPT. So I, that that was bulk of what I was doing, um, you know. And and then you know I then landed this job as an analyst um, at a small firm where they were building the next generation. Um, um, insurance products for the masses in Nigeria and literally my role was to ensure that that solution stays secure. Um, so that was my first, you know, real role in InfoSec in the, in the corporate setting um, and it was also exciting as well. So, you, you know, here stateside, when we get a lot of news about Nigeria, mm-hmm. high tech is rarely mentioned, if ever, right? So it's so refreshing to hear from a professional that the country is actually investing in technology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And are are you seeing, um, just as a quick aside here, uh, Nigerian, uh, the corporate sector in Nigeria, are they embracing technologies for cyber mm-hmm. or do you see them lagging behind? Okay, so in Nigeria, it, the maturity levels varies across sectors. So, yeah, you find that the banking sector are very mature. Like, the banking sector in Nigeria um, are way ahead of a lot of the sectors here in terms of the, the tools they use, um, um, even with the governance of cyber within those organizations. The CISOs yeah. actually report straight on to um, the board uh, and do not have to report through the CIO or you know, any such thing that independent of the CIO, for example. So governance-wise, with tools and a lot of the things they do, they're quite ahead of the curve. But there, are some, there are many more industries. Um, they are still struggling to see the value of cyber. And I also believe that the reason why that is so is because digitization is not at the same pace or at the same level as the yeah. Western world. Um, in the Western world, where there's a lot more um, digitization of just about every... Um, day-to-day task or business task in most organizations, cyber increases in, the, in its value. And of course, you can easily um, tell why this investment is worthy. And But I see that COVID has actually done us some good here. What has happened is yeah. we've sort of been fast-tracked and then sort of, uh, you know, moved straight on to the fourth uh, industrial revolution in Nigeria here. And everyone is like, 
know what, let's digitize stuff. And while we're digitizing, everyone is conscious about cyber. And also within the, the lockdown period, we had quite a lot of breaches as well. We've also had breaches across the world affect companies in Nigeria. And so the reality of cybersecurity issues have become very um, apparent, even to the woman who sells um, groceries on the streets. Um, to the guy who wears a nice shirt and a nice tie and sits in a nice corporate office, you know. So it, the realities have been spread equally across the board. And so people are beginning to, you know, um, engage in conversations around cyber. I mean, I'm looking forward to the um, to October, which is, of course, Cyber Awareness Month. And it's, it's celebrated a lot here as well. So um, the conversations are, uh, you know, really kicking in great gear. And we begin to see a whole lot more, uh, you know, embrace of technology. And all of the other things are required to. Well, you know, one thing you mentioned, you folks are, uh, I, I'm going to say the word a little more advanced than some of the things that even what we're doing here is that you mentioned the CISOs uh, have their own office. And we're big advocates of that. Mm -hmm. In American companies and a lot of American companies, that's not the case. And, and there's a debate about that, whether the CISO should be part of the CIO's office or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but typically, if they are separate, then it would, you know, a lot of times you take the politics out, out of, of the competing. Exactly. Yeah. What we're also seeing here, and that's been enabled by a regulation by the central bank as well. So oh. we find as well that here, um, cybersecurity is more compliance driven. So maybe that's also where you guys are sort of maybe ahead of the curve for, for, than we are, or possibly at the same level. But here, cybersecurity is so compliance driven. So the reason we have that CISO guy who can now report to the board is a regulation from the, from the industry's regulator. So we're finding that a lot of these regulations um, are playing a big role in expediting um, cybersecurity uh, best practices and uptake of it as well across Nigeria. That's that's fantastic. Uh, that's great to hear. So tell me, how, how what led to your nomination as Cybersecurity Woman of the Year? And then uh, congratulations, by the way, uh, you actually uh, were, uh, were given that. Uh, recognition. So fantastic work there. Thank you so much, Manoj. And if I truly, if I truly was going to answer that question, I would say I don't know. But I'm going to mention uh, a, a couple of reasons why I think I was nominated. Um, so one of it, and just to share a very funny story, I I didn't know I was nominated. I also didn't even know I was. Really? Yeah, I didn't know I was um, shortlisted. So what happened was. Three days before I saw the email, I went to LinkedIn and saw a couple of people, you know, that were shortlisted, sharing their pictures and saying they were short. And I was happy, you know, you know, sending applauses. I was congratulating other women. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so apparently, my my the email attached to my LinkedIn is um it's not one I check often, so it's not it's, the forward facing email isn't one I really monitor. So okay. um, that was where the communication had been sent off to. So I didn't say it. And so I think it was a day to shortlisting me over. And I just randomly on a morning went to that email address and checked. And I found out on that same day that I had made ESEC top influencers list. And that was the same day I wow. found I was shortlisted. And I screamed my head off. That, you know? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. 
<laughs> like on Saturday morning and I was screaming around the house. I was like, what's going on here? I didn't know. I was all over the place. And I'm happy that I was congratulating other people, you know, um, that I, I, was, I was genuinely happy. And just to find out that I was also shortlisted. But I, I would say that some of the work that um, um, I'm doing in Nigeria and, you know, also spreading out to the rest of Africa, um, you know, uh, they say it's really commendable. And really, if I was to share humbly some of it, um, I have been a, I've been quite a strong player in awareness and driving awareness around cyber issues. Um, some of it has also come with very unconventional but very effective methods. So, for example, um, I was my organization, Cybersea Foundation, was able to secure a partnership with the UK government in Nigeria to um, okay. to launch a, a cyber awareness campaign in response to the increased attack cyber attacks that COVID was enabling. Uh, and we did something very profound. We launched Africa's first Afrobits uh, cybersecurity awareness song. So it was wow. literally like a song you could be dancing to what is teaching about cyber, <laughs> literally. And Can you send us a link to that? I will definitely. I will definitely. I, you know, we're gonna, we'll put that in the video. We'll put that in the podcast. We'll okay. put it in the video part of it. Okay. We'll put snippets of it. Please so, send us. <laughs> I definitely will. So we did something like that. And I also, you know, we also share these really nice TikTok-like videos, but we don't use TikTok. We use Instagram reels, and we make them really funny, but they're driving cyber awareness um, best practices as well. We make really short videos that also drive points home. Um, we we are also working with girls across Nigeria to give girls in underserved communities globally sought after cyber security skills. So, for example, as of yesterday, some of our girls attained hacker status on Try Hack Me, and these girls are only between wow. the ages of 15 to 21. They've only been training for wow. four months. So it's, it's, it's all of this work combined. I mean, we're also working with seniors as well to create content that's purposed for seniors to protect them. We work with Facebook as well to um, build um, literacy materials around protecting children. So it's, it, we actively are spread around. And a key issue, a key focus is to ensure that the most vulnerable people in our society have all the knowledge and the skills required to protect themselves. And this includes even businesses. We've also found in our work with the UK government that um, small businesses are very, very, um, you know, are very, very likely to be attacked and are very, very likely to become um, um, yes. victims. And so we're supporting them as well. And we supported them during that time. And so all of this work, was just, just so much we're doing in one year, we're still doing that I think was the reason we were nominated. Or I was Do you ever sleep? Do you ever sleep? <laughs> I get satisfaction <laughs> a lot. Um, I see. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the things that I, I, I do really well, and I, I, I want to share on this platform, is I, I think I have um, I have a strength with rallying people around something I'm passionate about. So I pitch, and I get a team that is even more passionate than I am on the subject. So you find that I'm able to do so much, but it's not me. It's all the people. It's an army taking the village to do all of this. It's taking the whole community to do all of the work. So uh, I'm very proud of the Nobu for Mother community. It's a community of young people in Nigeria that in, all they do is just drive awareness around cybersecurity and drive awareness around specifically social engineering. And so we do this across our initiatives. We're able to value support enough to help us lift the heavy weights, but without killing any one of us. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And, and you founded the CyberSafe Foundation, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And all this work is being done by your foundation? Yes, 
Yes. That's so. How big has your foundation gotten? How many people are you helping? Are helping you do this heavy lifting? Maybe get a little sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're sort of segmented across our initiatives. So we have four initiatives, and I think I've mentioned them on this call. We have Cyber Girls, that is equipping girls in underserved communities with globally sought after skills. And for that, for example, we have um, we have a, we have a volunteer community of about twenty-one mentors across three con across three continents in thirteen countries wow. in the world. Yeah, we have coaches. Uh, we have about twelve coaches. If you go plus the batches, I think we're about twenty-four coaches right now. Um, we have. Um, uh, we have facilitators in each of the locations of working, so that's about 12. So it's quite a lot of people at different levels helping in each, uh, in each initiative. Um, in the campaign, I spoke about driving awareness um, around how social engineering happens and how people can protect themselves. We have close yep. to 200 volunteers over there. Um, wow. And they're spread across the country as well. So really, it's, it's been, it's just community. It's community. a big organization. That's... <laughs> That is a that is a very uh, significant effort and a and a wonderful achievement. Thank you so much to Manish. build that. That yeah, to be able to build an organization that's as big and as capable and and doing the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. So you know what one of the things um, with CyberSafe Foundation is what when you are looking at empowering women in Africa, in Nigeria, uh, across the world, perhaps even in the, in all the places that you're working, mm -hmm. what is the biggest challenges, biggest sets of challenges you're facing in that effort? Hmm. I, I think the biggest challenge is funding. What's that? Funding. Money. Funding. Funding. Yeah, funding. So um, we, we are struggling with that at the moment, um, but we found creative ways. I mean, for me, I, I don't stop. I don't stop. When I want to achieve something, I go for it and we find ways to work around it and get it to work. <laughs> That's that is where I am. Recently, for example, we were lacking on laptops um, to help okay. our girls learn. I mean, these are very enthusiastic girls um, who would not ordinarily be able to afford the quality of what we're giving to them for free. Um, but we couldn't afford infrastructure, you know. And just to put it in, give everyone listening to this perspective, the three major issues the girls gaining digital skills in Africa are power, internet, and access to computing devices. These are things that are not problems in Western countries, right? But power, yeah. stable power, great internet, um, just say access to internet, for fact, not even great. Access yeah, it's not even, internet. yeah, just... Yeah. yeah. And then the third one is access to devices. A lot of the girls cannot afford devices. So how are you supposed to learn a digital skill when you can't, when you don't have a laptop, you know. And, and yeah. so we had a weird sharing ratio. In some of our hubs, we had we had one laptop shared by five girls. It something wow. as bad as that. And so what we did was recently we couldn't afford to buy, it and we put out a tweet. And you know, in the normal nature of the infosec community, people are just so gracious, and they sent us laptops. And now the girls I mentioned, you know, just few seconds ago, few minutes ago, have achieved hacker state in Denan in top five percent. You know, it's a try hacking. Fantastic. Just, yeah, just one month from that time I'm speaking about. So um, if they're giving the if they're giving the tools we need, the people we want to help are ready to learn, they're ready to make the best out of their lives. But these shortcomings have been an issue. Um, I also believe that okay, you're gonna say something, Manoj. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, has has there been cultural hurdles with women taking a more advanced role? There Especially has, cybersecurity, that's a very critical function. Yes, right? there has been there's been those there's been those conversations and I, I posted about one of them on my LinkedIn two days ago or three days ago. And you know, somebody somebody's mother, one of the girls we are we as a beneficiary, she 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 casually said it too. I didn't think it meant so much to her, but it actually made me shed a tear. And she said, Oh, because I checked on how she she was making so much progress. Usually when our girls make so much progress or they're underperforming, they get a hello from me. So either we are going yep. to get a hello. <laughs> so if you're doing so well, you say, get a thumbs up. If you're not doing so good, I'm like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Um, so, so I sort of do that with the girls. So this girl was doing so well. And I was like, oh, well done. I can see your you know, house coming in great. You know, I'm very proud of you. Um, and then she goes, oh, thank you so much. This means a lot to me. You know why? Because every day I wake up and I'm trying to prove a point. Because my mom has said, you know what? There's no point investing in you so much. You're going to get married away. So every day she oh wakes my. up. Yeah, she wakes up trying to prove a point that I'm worthy. So there's, there is that culture where I'm looking. Yeah, I saw that video. That's a video actually on your LinkedIn. Yeah, right? it's, I, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy in Nigeria and in many parts of Africa where... This this is not an exceptional case. We've had this case. We have kids upon case upon case of how girls. So girls are having to cross multiple hurdles to access education. First, there's the hurdle of you know, um, if you know, they choose between the boy and the girl in the family. If especially because resources are scarce, and say so you know what, it's better of educating the, the boy. So that is one. And then even from going from basic education to then entrance into tech. You know, there's then um, um, uh, a stereotype that, you know, a girl should do great in tech. You know, why not do something else that is, you know, tech is so difficult, you know. And then there is that stereotype. And then you move from that stereotype of tech being difficult to then cybersecurity where, you know, there are many more hurdles to cross. So it, we, we're dealing with all of that. But what we are finding is that girls, um, once given those platforms to learn, uh, once given access to yeah. role models. If you notice, I mentioned mentors. All of our mentors are female. And that's intentionally designed. So people can, the girls can see that this is possible. She's done it. I can do it. That's fantastic. Yes. So it's, it's, it's carefully designed so girls can see all of what they required and have all, all of what they, re, they require to, to bloom into the best version of themselves. See, uh, well, that that's fantastic, and that's very brave. I I can uh, understand those cultural hurdles, uh, and especially uh, you look at non-Western societies. A lot of those stereotypes are prevalent, exactly. but there's one stereotype that I'll demystify for everybody who's listening. And I think I've mentioned it a few times on different episodes. But we had a recruiter on, mm-hmm. and she. Uh, mentioned to us that cybersecurity is one of the only professions out there that where women are making 30% more than men are in the same field, at least in the United States. I would say at least in the United States. (laughs) Yeah, at least in the United States. So I don't know about the rest of the world, but uh, so... Uh, you know, uh, everyone that you're bringing up, if if they come over to this side of the world, mm-hmm. um, they'll do well. Oh, I need to clap for that, <laughs> actually. I'm so excited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that I was surprised when I learned that. I, I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. it's apparently true that uh, 
And it stems from the fact that women in cybersecurity, at least what was described to me was that women in cybersecurity are coming in immensely qualified. Yes. They're, they're spending uh, a lot more time and effort uh, and are getting the qualifications. So they're demand. And here in the U.S., we have uh, a skew in supply and demand. We have more jobs than we have people, people for cyber, for InfoSec. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, it's led to a good living for, for women. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so pl- please share that with, uh, with, the, with the rest of the people. Uh, I definitely uh, people. will. <laughs> I definitely will. So when you look at cybersecurity, uh, what do you see uh, particularly about that profession that can empower women in, in African nations versus going to medical school or going into engineering, uh, do you do you see a, a advantage that cybersecurity provides over some of the other STEM or non-STEM based uh, curriculums? Okay, so um, I want to start first by saying that um, so for a lot of the girls we're able to reach and a lot of the women and people that we get to empower. We find that they never saw this as a route, first of all. And I believe that women should be given all of these options to pick from. Um, oh, so you're saying, so these women had never imagined that never. they would be going into. Never. So this was that. So the people you are helping are not necessarily people who are coming to you with a dream that I want to become X no, and you're no. going to. So I, I, I think I can really understand with them, given my background. So let me show you a bit about myself. I started coding at yeah, age please. 18 and I was supposed to be a medical doctor. I wanted to be a oh, medical really? doctor. Oh, really? <laughs> but I found out later that that wasn't my dream. It was a dream of my parents' soul to be. And honestly, my dad still wants me to be Dr. Confidence. Oh, and I pray sure. that the university gives me an honorary degree, you know, because... I... <laughs> well, you can go back and get a PhD <laughs> and you can be doctor. There's so much be doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so he was living vicariously through me uh, when he said, you know what, you have to be medical doctor. And he's been selling me the dream for so long, you know. And I just put some context in my parents. Both my parents do not have degrees as well. So I was that first child they wanted to give the best. And in all their understanding, we didn't have degrees. I want to give it the best. And I think the best field to go into was medicine. So, um, well, they were just going all the way. They were like, yeah, we. <laughs> exactly. And in all fairness to them, you know, but unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately for them, I'm quite a child that always had a mind of her own. So my parents went up and said, you know what? Don't while away time. Because in Nigeria, there is an exam you write before you get into um, into university. So but you have to wait yes. a bit from when you finish college, uh, when you finish high school, to get into invest then you write that exam so in that period yep. of time my parents said you know what go and learn go into this computer school that's what we call it like some place <laughs> where you just learn computing and i was like oh yeah let me go there manoj you won't believe it um two months you know three months into that time i started coding and my parents and i came back home one day and i told my parents at the time i didn't also have a computer remember this is also why i can relate to those girls. I had to go into that place to access a computer to gain the skills and practice my skills. So that's why I can relate to every single thing they feel. So, um, and I came back and what I did was I scribbled out um, 
on um, card cardboards. You know, I made a presentation there with cardboards, and I had to convince my parents why being a medical doctor wasn't going to be the thing I would do anymore. I had to go into um, into IT, and this was what I needed to do. So I made my cardboards and I made my argument, and my mother looked at me with tears streaming down her eyes. I was like, okay. If you say that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. <laughs> and I was lucky enough, I got some scholarships. And when she saw the scholarships started to come in, I was like, great, you're doing well. So I got the scholarship for the first degree, got the scholarship for the master's. And then it was like, okay, so I actually had this thing figured out after all. And so that was how I started. So I, am, I, I can see those girls very much. They, they, were not giving, they were not giving those experiences. For me, it was just experiencing tech for the first time. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so those girls were also letting them experience it and say, okay, wow, this is mind-blowing. I actually love it. Okay, so let's That's go full, cool. full throttle on this. And that's exactly what we're doing for a lot of the girls. They just need to be given um, these flavors, you know, options. You know, You're giving them the exposure. Yes. And that's igniting the imagination. Exactly. That's driving a motivation. Exactly. And there becomes... And incidentally, we actually share that story in common. So I was going to be a medical doctor. <laughs> I think I bailed out of it. I, I was like, you know what? This is not my thing. This is boring as heck. I don't want to do this. And I became a, an aerospace engineer, but different, took a little bit of a different uh, uh, path. And then eventually I'm now I'm in cybersecurity. So there. <laughs> wow. That's such a, a nice, but, uh, but I know that. But I know the, the, that conversation with parents where it's like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do this. Not going to happen. I, and I'm, I'm sure my dad never said it to me, but I'm, I'm probably sure he was, you know, probably disappointed. Exactly. And as a parent now, heck? I understand. I totally do. And I'm like, I, I believe my parents are very brave. They didn't understand what I was saying. But maybe they just saw that I, maybe I had this thing over on a tea and like, Maybe she had it figured out, you know. I don't know if I can ever be as brave as they were, <laughs> as they were, but you know, but you know, they just let me um, have that. And I want to bring that back to these girls as well. I, I find that, you know, cybersecurity also, as the woman gives you um, options for balance well as well, um, you can have a lot more opportunities as well to work remotely, which a lot of women find can help them balance different areas of their lives. Really so I, I think that that's also a key thing I present to the girls um, as, a, as a key, uh, like a teach. Yeah, that's, uh, I actually had not considered that. That makes a lot of sense, you know, because you, you women can work, anyone can work remotely mm -hmm. and that creates a flexibility to do many other things. Exactly. Uh, that, that, that they would like to do. Uh, one thing I also, you're a very passionate person. Thank you. And I think I, I would really, uh, you know, for our listeners, I think that's a key to success. Uh, if, if you follow what you're passionate about, you're going to do well. And you're a testament to that. You, you've, <laughs> you've had great success. And it's obvious to anyone that's going to watch this and listen to this that you are absolutely passionate about what you do and and it matters to you and uh i think any human being that takes that kind of a mental attitude mm -hmm. is probably going to have success in their life thank you so much follow to that so i think we touched on this a little bit but mm -hmm. uh you mentioned cybersecurity in uh african 
companies, especially in banking, has come a long way and it's very regulatory driven. Mm -hmm. But you also mentioned, uh, you know, small businesses are equally uh, susceptible. And and we would agree with that statement completely. We've seen the same thing in the United States. Do you think those smaller companies are developing an awareness? Are, is the CyberSafe Foundation holding any educational um, classes or seminars and things for to educate some of those other sectors in the economy about cyber? Thank you so much, Manoj. Um, I, I actually wrote um, um, a full-page article um, for a major Nigerian okay. daily. Um, I'm going to share the link as well. Please do. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. yes. Share some of the findings we had. You know, I mentioned that we had this time when we worked with the UK government to drive awareness. That that project was was broken into two main parts. One of it was mass awareness, where we reached millions of people with um, cyber tips, and then the other segment was targeted at small and medium scale enterprises. And what we did in that side of things is we we brought in employees, technical and non technical employees of SMEs, and we upskilled them. Now in that time we had we had crazy findings. We found out, for example, that um, over 50% of the people who came into the, into the, into the training did not know how to, um, how to uh, recognize phishing emails from legitimate ones. Oh, um, that's in- I can believe that. Yes. And that's a big source of vulnerabilities exactly. in Exactly. We found that a lot of them didn't have any basic security controls. I, I'm, I'm, quite a, I'm quite a big believer in going back to the basics. Um, what are the basics? You know, have a great password to factor authentication and having firewalls and having ways of detecting cyber attacks. You know, those yeah. very basic things, a lot of them didn't have any of those basic measures. Down to, and when I mean small businesses, I mean sometimes as small as those that just do business via Instagram. Some of them didn't even have two factor authentication on those accounts. I've had people speak to me and say, Oh, this is my livelihood. And that is at the point when they've lost their, their account and you know they've just lost the cyber attack. And they're like, Oh, this is my livelihood. Wow. And that livelihood could just have been preserved by having two factor turnover. So, um, what we have done is, um, in that time where we had the support of the UK government, we're able to um, have these sessions with over 4,000 SMEs. Um, and wow. the, the results are just mind-blowing. Again, I'm going to share um, how those people progressed and how that's changing. They've been able to put in uh, controls in place in those organizations. A lot of them are coming back to say, you know what, we want more knowledge and we're referring them to, of course, more resources. Um, we're seeing them telling us, oh, we found this out in our environment and we're doing this X, Y, and Z about this. Um, you know, so we, we've, we've had quite great success stories, but we are hoping that we can continue to do that work and possibly begin to build models around how other um, countries as well can implement this because we find that this is a, this is a big brain problem. It's a, it's a huge problem and it's fabulous that you're doing. In fact, you know, um, share some of those uh, things with us and we'll even get them posted on our website. If, Mm -hmm. If people as educational, we're, we're big proponents of educating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think if, if people were, like you were saying, did the basics, mm-hmm. uh, they would be much, much safer. Mm-hmm. And, and we'd see, uh, so a, as you put things out there, I would say, uh, share them and we'll make sure that they get out as much as we can. And 
or if you're putting them out on Twitter and whatnot, we'll mm -hmm. recast them as well. Sure, I would share them. I would definitely share them. That that's one wonderful to to hear. In terms of progress that's being made, let's switch to real quickly to career progress. Mm -hmm. People that you are helping go through the CyberSafe Foundation mm -hmm. uh, and and you're touching them, how have their careers progressed? Have you uh, tracked, uh, do you have any great, I'm sure you have lots of great <laughs> stories there, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you found one of them. I think the video you were speaking about was one of the. Yeah, I was, I yeah. did watch that. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would share it again with you so you can add to the, um, to the notes as well. But, um, this is our first cohort, really, for the Cyber Girls program. Um, and this cohort ends in December. But what we have seen is, really, with Cyber Girls program, what we have is seven months intensive training and then three months internship placement. That's what we're looking to achieve. And these girls came in, a lot of them, without digital literacy skills. Like, literally, we had to take them, telling them, oh, this is a, this is, what a, this is a PC, you know, this is... A mouse and this is and they came You're in starting that from ground zero we didn't assume anything honestly that ground zero wasn't like if there was anything lower than a ground zero we possibly would have started from there <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't want to assume anything and so these girls come in every single work day to learn from the time they started off and these girls who didn't know anything currently know how to use bash for example for automating network okay. reconnaissance you know, they know how to use Linux. Um, they know how to, uh, like I mentioned earlier on, some of them have achieved hacker status. So some of them are on um, level eight, I think, on try hack me. Um, you know, some of them are just, they're just blazing. And we're seeing those, that, that very, that very positively steep progress um, in, in their uptake of the, the knowledge. And they're excited. You need to watch the videos of the testimonials. They're speaking from their heart, mm. you know, to see that they are progressing. What we want to be able to do with these girls is give them both. For those who choose, they can they can choose between. They can choose uh, out of the seven learning paths we're giving that we are, we are offering them. Um, so we don't want to overload them with so much of knowledge and they're yeah, just all over the place. So we, we, <laughs> we're getting them right now, as we speak, to be able to pick between our seven options, which includes threat intelligence, um, cloud security, wow. penetration testing, um, network engineering, to um, to most of the basic things, um, uh, incident response as well. So they get to pick one of those parts and then learn quietly in that part for, for the next three months. So, but what we have seen so far is we have been able to get them from ground zero to an appreciable level of the basics of information security and cyber security, um, generally speaking, with so much excitement for more. How much time does it typically take them from the when you're starting from less than zero to mm -hmm. them being competent about let's incident response? Let's just pick something. What's been your experience there? Interestingly, Curious. with the combination of approaches, so uh, we don't use just instructor-led approach. We also have um, project uh, project-based learning. Um, a lot of the girls also learn in groups, which means that there's a lot of peer learning that happens. Um, so typically, for them to get to um, you know confident levels for seven months, wow, I would that's say very so. quick. That's very quick, but that's also um, the training is quite intensive. So that's also um, with a mixture of things. So let me tell you how it, how intensive this is, and it's also fun the way we've designed it. So 
Uh, well, I would imagine anything that you have your hands into would probably be fun. You know so. that, that we, have, we even have like, um, in, after outside of the classroom, um, on Fridays, we call it Cyber Friday. The girls come and casually chat about cyber um, incidents across the world. So we give them two topics and they chat among themselves for one hour and they just talk about it. What that is doing is we are building a culture of them reading and getting a you know getting acquainted with what's happening yeah. across, around the world, learning from incidences, but in a way that's confident enough for them to have a casual chat, like they were gossiping among themselves. You know, so so even when they're not in the classroom, they don't realize that we're setting them up to learn and get great habits that's that will it. help them, you know, um, do very well in the industry. So yeah, it's far and and intensive. So I would assume that you have a lot of um corporations that are helping you so that they can actually get that project-based experience. Yes, yes. So within, within the fellowship, we also have something called the Open Day. It happens every last um, two days of the month. So um, we currently have um, September's Open Day. In fact, Manoj, I'm inviting you. Uh, come and see the girls actually show up. It's the idea of showing up. So they're coming in their peer learning groups. Um, uh, you know, across our six locations, physical locations in Nigeria, and they just connect via the internet and show off. You know, um, you know, for some girls right now, they're they are learning how to work with Splunk, so they might come in and you know want to show off what they've been able to do with Splunk. So their project based learning, project based learning isn't isn't is not just outside of the fellowship during the internship, but it's also set up in such a way that they are able to learn. They are able to work on a project towards their open day, and in so doing, they actually get something done um, that they will be taking on into the real workplace. So by the time they get into the real workplace, um, when they're getting placements, which again, yes, we are getting support from corporates within and outside Nigeria for the placement. Again, they again, you know, sort of going with their hands slightly soiled and can actually get work and value delivered in those spaces. Fantastic. I'd send me an invite. I will. <laughs> I will. You know, this COVID thing has shut down everybody's travel. It's just made everything not fun anymore. Uh, but but please send it. an invite. I would love that. That's fantastic. See, I, I would be, um, I, I, I'll reach out to you separately. I, I'm much, I'm very interested in the curriculum because we're doing work here with uh, disadvantaged uh people mm -hmm. trying to get them involved with cyber mm -hmm. uh, i'd love to instead of reinventing the wheel mm -hmm. if you have good i you have good ideas mm -hmm. i'd just love to learn some of those and maybe we can apply those with some of the work we're doing with mm -hmm. disadvantaged people here in the united states mm -hmm. that would be wonderful i'll be very glad to share that would be that would be fantastic i can see why you won Cybersecurity woman <laughs> of the year you're tough competition that's tough competition <laughs> So, you know, getting back to uh, cyber real quick, mm -hmm. what do you see as if, if there was one thing you were going to evangelize with everybody? So mm -hmm. uh, about cyber mm -hmm. or information security, mm -hmm. what is it that you would what advice would you give them or what would you have to say? If there was only one. Only, only one, one thing, yeah. Because we know there's a lot of things. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to one thing. <laughs> Two factor. It, it's really so, yeah. Multifactor education is such a big is such a big thing that I believe can can really really help. Um, a lot of people still struggle with password hygiene. Um, and oh, it's big the, time! It's one of the biggest issues we have in the African continent as well. Um, 
after after insider threat, one of the biggest sources of um, incident, uh, incidents, or cyber incidents within our continent is still has to do with passwords. And so, really, you could still have been able to manage that in a way if um, passwords were very poor, but maybe there was some yeah. sort of strong uh, multi-factor authentication there. And that's why I'm such a big advocate um, <clears throat> of two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, right. as you want to call it. So, if there's one thing, it would be that. Fantastic. Um, let me ask you, how could our listeners get involved with the, your work? Is there anything that our listeners could do if they wanted to get involved with the CyberSafe funding? Oh, there's so much of volunteering opportunities here. <laughs> and, um, <sighs> you know, I, 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 tell, I tell people that, you know, um, sort of come in contact with them, I was like, mm, you really want to decide that you want to volunteer because once you get in here, you will get so, um, what's the word again that I use? I don't, you will get so blown away and so, I don't want to say the word that's coming to my head, but you'll get uh, to, You'll be captivated. You'll be captivated. You'll be totally... Exactly. You'll be so captivated that you really want to do more. So yes, we have volunteering opportunities within all of our initiatives. Um, as we speak, um, if you know how to speak a language other than English, for example, we're looking to, um, um, or rather we're working on um, some, some handbooks to ensure that the information we've been able to put into uh, uh, materials in English, we can translate them to other languages that are consumed across Africa. So if you speak Arabic, any Arabic, um, if you speak um, Swahili or any other um, language or French within Africa, please, your skills are required here. Um, we also need volunteers across um, <coughs> Cyber Girls Initiatives as well, the Cyber Girls Initiative to help with the girls. So your skills are required here. And we really need donations as well. I can share um, a donation link as well. Um, we need partners. We need really need partners. Um, for some of the partnerships we need, they have to subsidize the cost of things that we are currently consuming. Okay. Uh, we're not for profit, and then we really need all the help we can get with, with, with funding. So it might not be handing us cash. It might be um, giving us something for cheaper or for you know no okay. amount. You know, it could be just that. It could be that as well. So it could be with infrastructure. For example, we've spoken about laptops. For example. That could be something that could help yeah. a girl in Nigeria, in Ghana, that we're going into very soon, really, really, really help with um, her learning. So, yes, um, you can donate, you can partner, and you can um, volunteer. That's fantastic. And we'll put all the links in the show notes that you send us. So, everyone listening, please make sure that you open up the notes and uh, get engaged. Confidence has a, it's a great organization, <laughs> and they're doing so fantastic, fantastic so work. Much. Uh, you know, we're at the hour here. I wanted to uh, give you a chance. Anything that you would like to mention or or bring up, it's uh, your floor. Oh, are okay. You, have, are you, any other publications you're doing? <laughs> any books you might be writing? <laughs> any movies that you might be appearing oh, in? Oh, yeah, movies. <laughs> <in bait. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm planning, I'm planning a watch party for the girls as well. Um, on Netflix, <laughs> yeah, because Cyber doesn't have to be all so you know, sometimes chill out and just learn about, yeah. So, but I, I'm, I'm really liking some movies, um, like Clickbait, um, on Netflix, and I think everyone just sort of see it. <laughs> um, and there's a book I'm also really digging now, um, Cyber Security Attack and Defense Strategies. Um, so this is one that if you really, really want to look at, actually, if you just, um, Making an entrance, you know, uh, when you want some expert insight, 
this is a very great book and i would absolutely absolutely recommend it i know that the camera is mirroring this but yeah i hope you make sense out of it but it's yeah, who, who's the author um yuri i can't say his last name um yuri and Edal. so um okay i, I could send you that as 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 no fan. Oh, I'm sure the camera will get it uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But that's the, g- great of you to share that. Yeah. Uh, so, I, Confidence, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks for uh, wonderful insights and the great work that you're doing. You absolutely deserved the award and congratulations. Thank you so again. much, Manoj. Thank you so much. And it was we look pleasure. forward to to be here as well and to share. I mean, this was this was a chat. <laughs> this is such a uh, fun chat. <laughs> yeah, we, well, you know, our our mission is to expose people to different ideas and information security, mm-hmm. the work mm-hmm. that they are doing, not just from cybersecurity, mm-hmm. but from affecting people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you are one of the, uh, a very great personality to. Uh, to have i had a great time having this chat on a friday oh, what a great way to kick off the weekend yeah and we'll have to get you back yes, we're gonna we have do. to get you back <laughs> we do. we'll have you back on the show uh, uh at the next major milestone which i'm sure will only be a week away but <laughs> at the rate at which you work uh, but <laughs> Yeah. But again, thank you so much, Confidence. Thank you so Appreciate much, Manage. It. It's a pleasure to be here.